0: I V M Welcome to Absolutely Right The first graphology based podcast show in India I'm your host Aditi Surana. I'm a graphologist and a high performance coach Being a graphologist I study the graphs created by your handwriting And study your behavior based on that And as a high performance coach I take that information and help you perform better You might have heard me talk about different fascinating principles of yoga sutra in multiple conversations. I don't use all these Sanskrit terms only to sound cool and all. But I am genuinely, truly inspired and influenced by Patanjali's yoga sutra principles for many years now. Besides studying these sutras and practicing yoga sadhana, I did my yoga teacher's training course a few years ago in Rishikesh only to deepen my practice. Never thought yoga. But throughout this process, I met many yoga teachers, yogis, or even enlightened gurus. As I always thought, yoga teachers are enlightened in their own sense, but definitely unenlightened about investment jargons, business acumen, and the valuation game and all. Until I met Sarvesh Shashi, who is informally known as a millionaire yogi. Sarvesh started his training in yoga sadhana at the age of 17. And in just 11 years, his achievements are astonishing. His Sarva Yoga Studio has more than 91 studios across 33 cities. He co-founded Diva Yoga Studio with Malaika Aurora and managed to impress Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez, who decided to fund his dream of building an online and offline fitness movement. Sarvesh speaks with passion, authority, and yet youthful innocence. I cannot wait to get to his handwriting analysis. But before we get there, let me remind you, you must listen to our two popular segments on this show, Autograph Please, where I will talk about how Sarvesh is misunderstood by people around him by looking at his autograph or in way, signature, and the Graphology Tool of the Week, where you can learn some strokes that can talk about your own personality. From episode number 90 onwards, I started a five-part signature analysis series on our Wednesday episode and a five-part relationship series on our Friday episode just to celebrate the fact that we are reaching our 100th episode very soon. Today, I will be talking about people who write only and only their first name as their signature. What does it imply? Why do they write only their name? Does it really explain why this writer is closer to his friends than his family? All these questions will be answered on the other side of this short break. Stay tuned.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And LinkedIn, too, for that matter. And we've been putting up some content on LinkedIn, so do check that out. I'd like to thank the sponsors on the network this week, Storytel and The Whole Truth Foods. Thank you for supporting us. So, great week on the network again this week. Definitely do check out the Pragati Podcast. Bhavan spoke to Krishashok. They discussed science, knowledge, and the wonder of Indian home cooking. Staying in the realm of food, on This Round is on Me, we had A.D. Singh as a guest. Gauri and A.D. discussed the 10 years anniversary of the table, and the 20-year anniversary of Olive. So two of Bombay's biggest restauranteurs have a conversation about the restaurant business. All Things Policy celebrated 500 episodes on January 27th. Manoj talks to Aditya and Anirudh about the surprising origins of the podcast, its evolution over the last few years, and its exciting future. This episode also marks their video debut, so definitely do check that out on YouTube. On storytellers and story sellers, Vinny talks to Ranjit Pratap Singh. Ranjit is the co-founder and CEO of Pratilipi. Prathilipi is a company that's recently acquired IVM, and Ranjit on this episode discusses his plans to build a homegrown media empire, his love for comics, and how India can have its own comic cinematic universe. And finally, Cyrus had an exciting week. We had some amazing guests this week. We had Vishal Gondal come and talk about Faji. We had Atish Sathir talk about the various issues that he had been facing with his OCI card and other things like that. We had Adam Dow talk about things going on in the US and like you know the evolution of what's happening there. We had. That's going to come and talk about his history with Siders and his new show. So definitely do come check that out as well. And with that, let me take you back to your show.
0: Hi, Sarvesh. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Aditi.
2: Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. So I have your handwriting sample in front of me. And the first thing that comes to my mind when I speak with this yoga master is uh, <laughs> your ability you make things really, really simple.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: So you pick up complex ideas and you kind of find ways in which you can make it simpler for other people to understand, not only for yoga, I think so many other things. And that is actually, if I have to give one thing, the utmost credit for you to be where you are right now, is that one ability. So you walk into situations that are complicated. They bring in so much. Uh, upheaval for others and you stand there and say, okay, let me figure this out and how will I approach it in a manner that will solve my problem? And over to you.
2: (laughs) Well, I think uh, I would modestly agree to that because uh, whenever people come with me with problems or when I get into a situation with a problem, I say, okay, what's the worst that could happen? A, B, C, D. Hmm. So one is preparing for the worst. And the other is something that my Guruji told me, as long as you're breathing, never worry. So I was like, okay, I'm breathing. There's no problem, nothing to worry about. So I get into the problem with the mindset of solving it. Because many people, when they get into a problem, they get into a problem of how do I do it and already kind of get a little bogged down because of the whole situation and whatever is happening. But I get into a problem with a with a sense of wanting to solve it and not wanting to give reasons and try finding out in the past, what happened, how can it happen in the future, et cetera. Let's solve it first and then take it forward. So yes, I do agree that I like to make things simple. And the reason why I started Sarva is Mm. to make yoga simple to the younger generation of the country. So I think it all... Are all kind of ties
0: in, so yeah. I think that makes complete sense. But before we go ahead, I want to I want you to explore a bit more on what you just said. You now it's so natural for anybody uh, to jump into conclusions, to really have all the worrisome ideas play on their mind or play out in their mind. You know, like the worst scenario playing out, and people feel paralyzed. So before I, I get into the analysis, I had to ask you this question for our listeners: How do you not uh, get You know, involve or how do you not indulge in the worrisome idea when you get to the worst come scenario?
2: What do you do? See, I think fundamentally what I do, right, and it need not be the best practice or the practice for everybody else. What I do is something that I've been taught and has worked very well for me is look at the situation like a third person. Okay. Right. When you come, when you look at the situation in more simpler terms, which you just said, is like how you watch a movie. Like when we watch a movie, we are watching it with, oh, two people are fighting. We're actually thinking, why are they doing it? He could have done this. She could right. have done that. And, you know, you're already trying to guess the story of the movie, give it a different climax. Oh, if the climax would have ended like this, it could have been a lot more happier, etc., cetera, et cetera, right? So when I get into a situation, I put down the list of problems that could arise from it. Think of the worst situation that can come out of it and then say, okay. So, for example, if I have to give you an example of a situation that I've been in, uh, for me, in fact, the pandemic was not even the biggest problem that we've had pre pandemic in 2019. We had something where, you know, the decision was what next, right? Everything could have gone off our hands. But I was like, okay, if everything also goes, what next? I can start off again. And to start off again, I remember what Guruji said as long as you're breathing, don't worry. So, unless and until you can think, with a uh, objective, like you need to come as a third person and look into a problem. It's almost impossible to solve it because when you're in the situation, you think of it as, "Oh, what will happen tomorrow? Uh, what will other people think, etc." But if you're able to think like a third person, if you have the right support mentally from your family and friends, I don't think any problem in this world is not solvable and with Makes ease, sense. right? And with with a lot of positivity and it, it needs to end in harmony at the end of the day. And if you're not able to get into a problem with an aim of solving it and solving it in the present, right? Many people think about solving a problem that happened yesterday. You need to learn from what happened yesterday and not do it today and not solve a problem that happened yesterday because you can't solve it. True. It already happened, right? So, you know, it is as quote unquote philosophical as it can get, but it is not philosophical, it is the truth. You can't, you can't do anything about yesterday. You can't do anything about yesterday, you can't do anything about tomorrow. It's not in our hand. You can learn from one, prepare for the other, and live in the now. But a lot of people find it's so difficult to do, it's not even funny. Like you won't believe it, right? We've been doing a lot of classes during the pandemic. Right. We've completed four and a half billion minutes of live classes and uh, a lot of people who were doing classes with us every day have now said life has happened. Right. I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? No, now we're not able to do. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like I I don't have an answer because now is when you really need to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is a proverb in um, Hindi, Mm -hmm. right. And the proverb goes, apologies for my pronunciation. Dia which is the lamp that gives brightness to everybody. The bottom of it is always dark. Okay. So we as individuals always want to help others, guide others, advise others. But it when it comes to ourselves, you know, right? <laughs> that's another one. So, yeah. Second
0: one in Hindi, not bad.
2: <laughs> well, I'm learning, I'm learning.
0: So when I look at your writing, the another next trait that I want to talk about is end result orientation. What I mean by that is every time you set out a task, you, you go want to do something, you go all in with a specific outcome in mind. Now, what you just spoke about, it goes it blends really well in the next point that I'm making. And when I look at your small letter T, when you cut it, you know, there's a horizontal line, you place it at 50% which is like a plus sign, which is almost like at, you know, at a point where you make every idea, every dream, very, very pragmatic, very in the moment figuring out what can I do and what I cannot do. So having that overall evaluation of every single situation. And as you said, stepping out and seeing as a third person, we also speak about this in rational, emotive behavioral therapy, where we say, okay, bring the rational, look at your emotions with more logic underneath that. And what you're saying from yoga principles is the same thing in a way, which is so beautiful when Western and Eastern ideas meet and they say the same thing.
2: Oh, by all means I think see it's it's very interesting in fact I have a question right it's very interesting that all of what you're doing typically when you say graphology people think it's a divination therapy number one right future according to my handwriting uh, what how am I going to live how am I going to get married or what kind of a job am I going to get no I think we had a conversation just before this that it's a lot of logic. Maths, uh, thought put into this whole thing uh, mm-hmm. as to how graphology is done. So, one, like you rightly said, it is science that you're saying that I have I've written T for a center where it could say something. I know what you're saying, right? There are A lot of people who put a T right sure. on top Even or below. right below, yeah. yep. right? So it's an interesting thing. Now, a lot of people, and I specifically want to ask you this question because a lot of people love talking about their successes. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people love talking about what they've done. Mm-hmm. I can talk about me flying in a, a private plane with Jennifer Lopez. Very exciting. But what I would love to know with maths, with whatever I have written, I, I know what I wrote as well, is what are the things that you think I as an individual need to work on? Because more often than not, so-called people out there who look up to the... you know There are a lot of people who say, okay, service you're this, you're that, etc. But I'm a I'm a human being. I have like a million things that I'm working on. I'm vulnerable in nature. What do you think I need to be working on? Okay. Like I'd like to hear more about what the uncool stuff or stuff that you know people typically are afraid of to kind of talking about. I, it can be anything. I'm 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 least bothered. It's a public platform. My life is a life, and if anybody can uh, learn from it, good. I'm very happy about that. Before
0: I go ahead and say anything about it, thank you so much because. Overall idea of starting a podcast on this topic was exactly this. Bringing in ideas of failure and challenges. And, you know, having our guests who are mostly these successful people and they've cracked it in their life, talk about their emotional challenges. Talk about these vulnerable zones for people to see that it's okay to be uncool. It's okay to have these problems. So thank you so much for this beginning here. Pleasure. So Pleasure. first thing that comes to my mind is you'll end up taking unnecessary responsibilities of others on your head.
2: <laughs> yes. That, all I talk,
0: I, that I am saying because in your signature, there is this very, very long stroke that starts your letter S and that tail like stroke, you know, it looks very pretty as a formation, but yes, it also brings in the baggage that you carry around by doing this so-called overall responsibility idea. You, uh, instead of, you know, letting, uh, them look at things, confront them. You say, okay, can I do this? Can I figure this? Can I solve this? And your plate is always, always full because of that.
2: Well, by all means, I don't, as much as I, I think I agree to this 101%. I think it's something that I enjoy uh, by and, and I think it's truly coming from my father. Okay. Right? My father is, I mean, for him, everything in his life has been about giving, 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 giving but what i've learned from that is also his guidance towards me saying give but give only after you have enough mm-hmm. you've had enough for yourself right self care and self love doesn't begin from home it begins from yourself True. it begins perfect. from within right in in a flight when you go when they say when there's a turbulence wear the mask for yourself first and then make your even child wear it nice. which means what you need to wear it so now i have consciously kind of started understanding can I do it do, can I am I over promising and not being able to deliver or can I actually take up the responsibility or am I actually saying yes and not able to do it because I've said yes to other people out there so I think it's a lot better now okay but okay. I would still say in my head it's certainly still there I'm like oh my god I've I wish I would have say, done that no, how do I <laughs> how do I say no? But yeah, I have to somehow go all out and do it, etc. See, because you know, one thing that you, you can do, right, for people is help, right? Mm-hmm. And help how much ever you can. It's not about just some the, the, some people. There is a very thin line between being selfless and selfish, and I think you should not be in both situations. Okay, you need to be. You need to self love and self care, mm-hmm. and then give, right? I mean if I have ten bucks, one is I I give two rupees to somebody and keep eight with me, key it's mine. Second is I all give you eleven give rupees. Eleven rupees by borrowing one rupee. Okay. Like I'll give you. So third is you give all ten. And the fourth is you give five because you know you can live comfortably with five. And then you give back, you mm-hmm. have five with you. Right. Right? So there are many kinds of people in my opinion, and I could be hundred percent wrong, mm-hmm. but I think My dad has taught me a lot about giving and he's always said charity is something what the right hand does, the left hand shouldn't know. And this is not charity in actual CSR kind of charity, what you're doing today. Right. It's about giving. Right. Like what it's about giving and giving without expectation. Right. Right. And what happens is that the more and more I, when I was a child used to do a lot of stuff, I used to expect Why is this person not doing it for me? Like Why? Then I'm like, okay, it's not about them. It's about my expectation, which is what yoga changed in my life, which is what yoga made me practice the concept of detached attachment.
0: That's one of my favorite, favorite concepts to talk about. Like a lot of my high performance coaching sessions, I use this concept because no matter who you are, no matter where you are at, detached involvement is an everyday practice Thank you for mentioning.
2: Yeah, so there you go. So I think I can be a good assistant to your high-performance <laughs> coaching sessions.
0: I I would love to have such high-profile assistant.
2: So No, no, absolutely. I'm very easy. <laughs> I love paneer and I'm very happy if you feed me paneer three times a day. Really? That's the only, th- yes. Oh, then that's vegetarian. the next
0: thing I want to look into your handwriting now.
2: Oh my God, food. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to know that. Let me see. Let me see what my handwriting talks about. But it is
0: not only about the food. Any specific thing, any materialistic thing that you pick up, you have real clear preferences about what exactly you want. Now, I'm not saying this as a weakness, but we are talking about. I'm saying that as a behavior and you love doing that. So if you are looking for a shade uh, for your curtains, for anything, you know exactly which shade you want. If you're looking for a flavor in your paneer, you know exactly which flavor that you want. And that specification Uh, can, you know, be difficult for people around you because they do not understand and They say, they wonder, why would you be so specific? But you are, Mm -hmm. and you love it.
2: Well, And and I'll tell you, interestingly, with an example to this is, uh, so I work with a lot of architects because Mm -hmm. of our studios, you know, doing up our studios, etc. And the architects say that, Sarvesh, are we designing or are you designing? (laughs) So I'm like, uh, no, no, I would let you to design but these are my references. Like, you know. So there was one project where I told them it was a thousand five hundred and forty square feet project. I remember this so well because even the pathway, right? I said I need four uh four, five granite blocks and <laughs> in between grass and pebbles on the side. They were like, Someways you've said it, right? So what have what are we doing? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just giving you an idea. Just show me a render and uh-huh. then I'll tell you whether it looks good or no. So, uh-huh. when they actually did the render, I gave it to them. I said, What do you think about it? They're like, Actually, it looks very good. I'm like, See? <laughs> and then they started telling me, Sarvesh, you're the best person who gives us the best references. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> but well, sir, I'm good. that also
0: disqualifies you from being totally easy. Let me just mention. <laughs>
2: uh, well, uh, I, but funny is easy, right? So, I just told that funny is easy.
0: So uh, let me talk about another area which I feel is your strength and also works against you when it goes off. You are an active and acute listener. Okay, by that I mean that you put your heart into your ears while listening to people and you observe a lot, you read between the lines. The handwriting stroke that talks about it is the letter E, the small letter E. If a writer writes it with open loop in it, you know, sometimes people squeeze the E that shows people are not interested in listening to the other person, Whereas if the E is open and rounded, it is like, you know, one of the best qualities to have. However, the challenge is this quality is inconsistent. So because when you're interested, when you're tuned in, you're so much available to the other person that most people around you are used to it. They believe that if I'm talking to surveys, this is how the conversation is going to go. But on days where you're off, when you're not available, it shows on your face. So it is either 100 or zero. So there is no selective listening available to you. But also you tend to read a lot more information than what other people do. Uh, Also that works for and against you. And you know what I'm saying by that.
2: Yes I think um, well uh, I'll I'll comment on the former observation uh, to begin with right I my life is black or white mm-hmm. I always say that I love to be black or white not gray mm-hmm. and uh, yes I do agree about um listening I mean I am involved in it fully or I'm not involved in it at all and I think and I think personally it's done a lot of good because it's uh, and I see I always see that you know the grass is greener on the other side. Right. Because for me, it's definitely told that, okay, uh, if if you're in a conversation, that means you want to be in that conversation. And if you're not that in that conversation, that conversation is not for you. Right. So you don't want to keep indulging in a conversation that's not for you because you're disrespecting the other person as well. Right. So I tend not to indulge in conversations that I don't think i can be a part of mm-hmm. a lot of people today says oh i love talking i love conversations i love but i don't think that's true because i personally don't think that's true because everybody can't love everything meeting people listening to people is very different from being involved being 100% etc right being a roman in rome is great but do you really want to go to rome every single day that's a question that one needs to ask mm-hmm. right so at the overall yes I love being fully involved. I love about things that I'm interested in. I'm like all out, but things that I'm not interested in more than selective hearing, I don't tend to indulge. And if I am seeing, if I'm seen in a conversation where I'm uncomfortable, it's very clearly evident because I'm very distracted. Sure. Like I'm super distracted because I don't want to show as if I'm listening and I'm not. Right. I think that's disrespecting. Like you're disrespecting then, and I faced into a couple of problems. I've said, I don't want to be a part of this kind today's of- dinner. And they've said, no, 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 you have to be a part. And I've ended up not talking. And this friend fought with me, right? And I'm like, but I told you I don't want to be a part. She's like, no, I thought you were joking. I'm like, I wasn't joking. <laughs> like, I was very serious. I don't want to be a part.
0: You know, it's it's very interesting that you say this.
2: The, but then I, I had to go say sorry and whatnot to kind of convince. I'm like, okay, when I want to do.
0: I also, I feel it also comes from the South Indian background. I'm partially Telugu. My dad was. Oh, you are okay. And my mom was. My mom is Maharashtra. So, uh, so where I was talking to these North Indian friends of mine, and they said, "Would you do this?" And I said, "No." And they said, "It's so rude." And I'm like, "Why is it rude? Isn't it clear to say no when you mean it?" But it is like I think it's a lot to do with cultural things. Also, people, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and I love. I mean, one of my favorite cities is Hyderabad because uh, I think. I think more than city defining your people define the city, right? At least for me, uh, I have one of my best test test friends is in Hyderabad. And uh, I mean, I just love, uh, I just love uh, going to Hyderabad. The people there is just so amazing. And I've got a fairly good circle also there. So good to know that you're from Hyderabad. So yeah.
0: Actually, I'm not. I'm from Bombay. I just, well, just... you said
2: you're part Hyderabad, right? So uh, <laughs> it got me thinking about Hyderabad. So no, uh, okay.
0: So let's talk about the next segment that we have called autograph, please. So signatures talk about your public image and handwriting talks about who you are. Now I say this very, very often that when your signature and your handwriting is extremely different, then the person that you appear to be and the person that you are are two different people. However, in your case, that is not fully applicable because your signature and your handwriting is quite alike. There are some changes and there are some differences, but overall writing type is, is quite similar. Thereby, you do pay the price to be yourself in public and people either like you or they don't like you. And you, I hope you're okay <laughs> with both.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm okay with both because to each is his or her own. So right. I'm perfectly fine. Uh, and you won't believe it, right? In When I was six years old, um uh, i saw this movie called padayappa okay. which is a tamil movie by Khan. okay and i'm like i need to be that person when i mean that person was not into movies but that person who inspires okay so i started practicing what autograph i need to be putting Back no, then. really? Yeah, I'm no. like, yes, yeah, I'm doing it. So this, 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 but again, whatever. Then I was like, one fine day, I'm like, okay, whatever. One fine and then day, I just
0: you'll meet somebody who say autograph, please, and here you are on our yeah, show. I'm like,
2: yeah, I'm like, okay, cello, whatever I need to just you know, then I of course, right? Back then was a six-year-old child and I used to practice quite a lot about how my autograph needs to do. Then I was like, okay, if I'm gonna be putting a lot of autographs, I just make it short and small and all of that stuff, but anyways, I think eventually life happened in many ways, right? You know, life mm-hmm. is so so amazing and unpredictable. Right. Uh, when it comes to what you actually think and what you actually do and what actually happens, happens is, is very different. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why you say um, uh, one of another best friends. Uh, she she has a tattoo that says "Wherever the wind takes you," oh,
0: nice.
2: and uh, it's a, it's an amazing line because. A lot of people think that it's, again, for me, when I watch movies, when I hear uh, proverbs, when I listen to people, I try getting into slightly more deeper in terms of what it actually means. Can I learn from it? Uh, You know, all of that stuff, because I do believe that every single human, every single being, every single animal, every, you know, uh, culture, people will teach you something. And, also, and it is, it is, it is the,
0: interacting with everything and everyone all the time. It's energy,
2: right? It's energy also plus, but it's, it's, you know, whether you're actually learning from it and paying attention to it lies in your hands because you need to be so aware that, Oh, this person has taught me this. Oh, this thing. How is this happening this way? How, why does one feel the mountains are beautiful? Like why? They're not like, you know, why does one feel the river is so amazing? Why does one say, I want to go to the beach and just watch the river? Like, or the sea? What is the reason? But I don't want to say it right now because uh, it will spoil the fun for many people who probably can now start looking at things and observing it uh, in a manner of being in the present. True, true.
0: So when I when I was talking about this public and personal image and the gap between the two. What I want to point out to you is when you are in public, people think you're very fast and also they consider you impatient. Whereas for you, you have the clarity and you have the end result in mind, which I was talking about, and you are literally chasing that straight line that you have in your mind and you feel anything that is unnecessary on the journey can be dropped. So this is where I feel you are highly misunderstood by people. I don't see you as an impatient person, but you do come across like one to others who don't understand the speed of execution that you have.
2: Well, I I think I, I will very, very well agree to that too. Uh, People come across, I come across as impatient. I come across as arrogant. I come across as, um, you know, like these snobbish person who's there, like walking around, like I own the world, but Well, I don't know whether, I don't think I, I I would, I would rather believe that I don't think I'm that, uh, yes, I'm patient for sure, but I do lose my patience when it comes to, uh, just some things about, and it's not about losing patience and patience and, you know, screaming and doing that. I like, I'm like, Oh, I think this can be done faster. Right. And I will have a plan in mind to be done faster as well. But When the person thinks the other person on the other hand thinks, no, this can't be done because there is like, you know, instead of touching the ears like this, I can go like this and touch. I'm like, no, you can touch the ear in a much more easier. That way I get impatient a little bit saying there are a lot. So, and it's interesting that you're saying this because it again starts with the first thing that you said, which is simplifying a problem. Right. Right. So if I'm able to simplify a problem, I'm definitely in a position to ensure that I'm able to achieve it as well mm-hmm. in a in a structured manner. So sometimes what happens is I uh, say X, and I in my head I rhetorically think they will understand that as X. Right. But I think it is something that I've also learned over time that I need to explain exactly as to how I wish that they should understand it and not take them for granted that they'll understand it in a manner that I'm saying it. Like, you know, when you tell them in a text, it's very different, right? They think, okay, why is Sarvesh saying this? But in my head, I'm like, I've said this because I've thought about eight other things. Right. But they don't know those eight other things. right? So I think it's my error also that I have to kind of correct. So over time, I have made it uh, as a culture thing in my company as well, over communicate always. Okay. Right. More than communicating, over-communicate. Because especially during these times, right? Yes. So in these times, especially when we are virtual, when I'm more on emails and SMS and phone calls, you don't know visually what that person is actually seeing or thinking or whatever. So over-communicate, over-communicate, start talking. So that's always better. So, I mean, I completely understand that why people also take me like that. But I mean, um, like I, I, I always say this, that Uh, yesterday I was was telling somebody that you know, like how Karina says I am my favorite. So I'm like, okay (laughs) I know myself. I know the intention is not wrong. I know the intention is always right. And uh, one person I know who's looking at all of this is nature. Right. Right. And karma is karma. So I'm sure that my intention is always right. And whatever needs to happen will happen and love like there is no tomorrow and if tomorrow comes love again.
0: Well said. Thank you so much for being on the show sarvesh This was a wonderful conversation and we, I'm so happy that you picked up yoga and made it so simple and you continue to do that because we definitely require to use those fundamentally powerful principles in our everyday life. So, so many times so last year I spent a lot of time studying yoga sutra and bringing a lot of philosophical aspects of it in our everyday conversations and sessions. And I cannot tell you, it took my practice to the next level, the personal practice with yoga, but more importantly, the professional practice. And I feel they're so practical, those rules and those principles. Thank you for doing the work you do. It's incredible to see.
2: Thank you so much. And I totally appreciate your time uh, for taking time out to kind of uh, see... Uh, the see my handwriting and see what I've written and kind of also tell the behavioral analysis to it. I think one thing that everybody who's listening to this should understand that this is not divination. This is <laughs> a lot of science. This is a lot of maths. This is a lot of logic. And of course, uh, there are many people out there. And But such practices come naturally to people who are intuitive who are intentionally wanting to change somebody else's life. And certainly because you're practicing yoga and learning about it, I'm sure you're, you know, you're definitely doing a phenomenal job. So kudos to what you're doing also, Aditi. And, uh, uh, and let's hopefully meet in person very soon. And uh, and I will keep writing in front of you so that you can keep telling me a lot of stuff. I will do that. that. probably me, yeah
0: challenge accepted. I will, I will talk about different variations because the last point I want to make is you change a lot to a point that people struggle to keep up with you. And please <laughs> continue to be like this. Thank you so much. Uh,
2: no. Thank you so much, Aditi. Thank you so much. Well, that's absolutely true. I hope <laughs> I do get married at some point. But yeah.
0: <laughs> Why some people find comfort in writing only their name as a signature? Shakespeare's thought, what is in the name, is definitely not applicable to these writers. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Wait, wait, I'll answer all these questions as soon as we come back on the other side of this short break. Stay tuned. Zindagi diaries ke mein kuch purani Samundar dil ki तो आइए खोलिए मेरे साथ diary ही खुल कर जीते हैं आप सुन सकते हैं IVM podcast app website पर, podcast Philosopher and author Alan Dibotin once said, The largest part of what we call personality is determined by how we have opted to defend ourselves against anxiety and sadness. This statement can be directly correlated to the graphology tool of the week. A signature that is written as only your first name. No surname, no parents initials, nothing. Only and only your first name is a testimony of not wanting to involve any family member when it comes to representing yourself, your independent identity. This writer believes that he or she is on their own in this big wide world. They are independent also because they feel unsure, anxious, confused about involving their family members. In my experience, they do not feel that they belong to their so-called family. And that's why they prefer to be closer to their friends. Yeah, they do love their family members. But loving and trusting are two separate things. They do not feel that they can count on these people when it comes to their crisis situation. These writers are great friends as they are devoted to their friendship more than anything else. As partners, they keep some distance in their intimate relationship and remain like oil drops in water. As parents, they struggle to create an environment where their children can belong as they do not know what it means. In general, they come across as easygoing, happy, social people. But internally, they do struggle to trust other people easily. I can go on and on. You know, signature is your public image. It talks about how you're perceived by others, knowingly or unknowingly. You know, we all have done that. When we make some significant decisions in our life, we really step out of our bodies and think about how other people would look at that choice. You know, we wear that specific lens. Hi, hi. lokya kya kahenge lens? Or what will people say lens? Now your question would be, why do we do it? Simple, to gain their approval to win popularity contest, or even to be accepted. Now, if you are buying a fancy car that is bigger or better than your boss's car, then you may think for a moment, what would my boss think? What would my colleagues think about my choice? Will they think that I'm trying to impress or make a statement here? What would that girl, the head of marketing from the other department that I really want to impress, look at this choice as? Now, you may do this naturally, unknowingly. But somehow, your signature captures all these external behaviors that we put up when we do something in public. I know, right? Graphology is mind-boggling. But then you have this another stream of graphology, even more fascinating, called graphotherapy. As handwriting can talk about your personality so accurately in a specific, minute way, Handwriting can also be used to change your behavior by making some changes in your handwriting and your signature. It doesn't happen overnight. No magic here. It's a behavioral shift. So you have to go through some specific, minute, repetitive strokes for around 42 days to see the changes. Initially, when I heard of this idea, I couldn't believe it. But then I changed my own handwriting and my signature tried this experiment on people who trusted me or just wanted to give it a shot. But now, after 16 years and hundreds of people, hundreds of case studies down, but now after 16 years and hundreds of case studies down, I have seen some tremendous changes through a process that we call signature redesign module. A graphologically correct signature supported with specific graphotherapy in handwriting is a game changer. I genuinely feel that each person must go through this process to experience the power of graphology at a personal level. Now, you may ask, Aditi, are you saying that adding just a surname or like some other elements in my signature will solve the issue? If my signature is only my first name, then all the disconnection will disappear overnight? No, not overnight. It must require around 42 days, say six weeks. Having said that, signature is your public image. It can only change the way people look at you. To create an actual shift, a signature change must be supported with some handwriting therapy. Graphotherapy where we change smaller aspects of your behavior through these handwriting changes. Without addressing the deeper issue, it will only create more and more disconnect. It's almost like wearing a fake mask and expecting people to treat you as a genuine person not happening. It takes a lot to use the subtle handwriting changes to actually create a behavioral shift. Or rather I say, guaranteed behavioral shift. On that note, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Absolutely Right. In the next episode on Friday series, we will be talking about, I love you, but I don't like you anymore. Yes, one of the most commonly heard statements, especially when people get stuck in the relationship, when they reach that crossword of love and hate, desire and withdrawal, and passion and apathy. As announced earlier in this lovely month, or as announced earlier in this lovely romantic month of February, give your partner a gift of understanding and empathy. Attend a relationship workshop called Rediscover Yourself in Love. It's at 3 p.m. on 14th of Feb and graphology-based couple analysis sessions called You and I. The details are available on my website, aditisurana.com. Now, if you would like to use graphology to know more about personalities, people, and their signatures, then join me on my graphology masterclass. Our new batches start on the first Saturday of every month. The next two batches are starting on 6th of Feb and 6th of March. If you like this podcast, then do not forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IVM Network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing.
2: 2020 is a difficult year. A global pandemic, protests, elections, recessions. You get the picture. What we need is a space where we can have nuanced discussions about global affairs and foreign policy. That's where I come in. My name is Hamsini Hariharan, and I host the States of Anarchy podcast. Every second Tuesday, I speak to experts in the field of international relations to make a little more sense of the world. So join me on the IBM podcast app, website, or wherever you're listening to me right now. We live in an age of disruption, of immense change in every aspect of work, life, and business. But is the old way of doing things truly dead? And are we ever going to stop saying the new normal? Join me, Varun Dugirala, on Advertising is Dead every Tuesday as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders, creators, and change makers from across business, media, marketing, and beyond to dig a little deeper into how we got here, what we're doing now, and where we're headed. You can catch all the episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from.